Back to throw Fitzpatrick. Looks over the middle. Fires. Enzo. Touchdown. Eric Decker on the quick slant. Luck looks downfield. Well protected. Steps up in the pocket. Takes off. He'll run. And he lost the football. It's picked up by Darrell Revis on the fumble recovery. At the 44-yard line of Indianapolis, the Jets get the takeaway. Luck takes the snap. Gives the door. There's a scramble for it, and it looks like the Jets have it. Darrell Revis at the bottom of the pile has the football as Gore coughs it up. Fitzpatrick takes the snap, looks right, lobs, right sideline, flag down. Brandon Marshall's got it inside the five, powers his way to the pylon. He's in! Touchdown! What a play by Brandon Marshall. Asman and Beauty Podcast starts right now. It's good to be back, baby. 2-0, the New York Jets, and you just heard Bob Lashusen of the New York Jets radio network with those calls from the Jets' big win over the Indianapolis Colts on Monday Night Football this past Monday night. And, Dan, it's pretty unbelievable, but after everything that happened in training camp with Geno Smith's draw, the Sheldon Richardson arrest, a lot of people didn't give the Jets a lot of opportunities to start the season off well, and somehow they're 2-0, and and what a dominating performance on Monday Night Football, led by Darrell Revis in that defense. Well, that defense was phenomenal on Monday night. Five t- takeaways to only one giveaway uh, by Ryan Fitzpatrick and this Jets offense. And, you know, a lot of people say, you know, the Jets should have been up by a lot more besides 10-7 with, what, 11 minutes to go in the game. They really dominated the entire game. But bottom line is they got the win. They beat up on this Indianapolis Colts team that a lot of people had going very deep at the beginning of the season deep in the AFC, possibly to the Super Bowl. A very, very big win for the Jets on primetime. Certainly was, and we're going to speak with the radio play-by-play voice that you just heard in our open, Bob Lashusen. He'll be calling into the show shortly. And I thought one thing that can't be overstated is the play of Brandon Marshall. When the Jets needed to get a big score, when Indianapolis made the game 10-7 late, Ryan Fitzpatrick stepped up, and so did Brandon Marshall, has been doing it you know, all season long through the first two games for this Jets team. Had the big catch, carried three guys on his shoulders into the end zone. And once again, that's just an element that the Jets haven't had in a very long time, a dominant wide receiver like Brandon Marshall is. Well, and that's what he is. You can throw the ball up to him, a jump ball. He's going to get up there, make a big play. And he adds an element in the receiving game that the Jets just haven't had in so long, uh, whether it's extending plays downfield and no longer dip and dunk this offense down the field. But you have a serious threat between Decker and... And Brandon Marshall to stretch the field and pick up first downs consistently and really move the ball down the field. And when you're in the red zone, throw a jump ball to Brandon Marshall and he'll come down with it. And one thing the Jets have been doing, and Dan, you said, at the turnovers. They forced 10 turnovers through two games. They only had 13 the entire season a year ago. So it's pretty remarkable what Todd Bowles and this defense is doing. And you got to give a lot of credit to Bowles for, you know, teaching this team how to be opportunistic in the red zone, especially forcing the turnovers. That fumble at the goal line was a huge play in this one. But once again, Darrell Revis just gives this team an identity, and it's so sweet being able to watch this guy play for my football team once again. Well, it's great to have him back, and I think he adds uh, a leadership role to that secondary, and I think I contribute a big reason why Calvin Pryor has played so well through these first two games. The fact that Darrell Revis is back, and you add Revis in that secondary, and a young Pryor in his second year out of Louisville, and I think that's the impact Darrell Revis has on these young secondary. And before we speak with Bob, I'll just say this. As much of a Rex Ryan guy as we both were, it's refreshing to see a coach that takes it one game at a time, doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. And I think the Jets have really bought into that. You know, they're a boring team now and boring for all the right reasons. And 
at the end of the day, it's all about winning, and the Jets are 2-0. It's great to be 2-0. Again, big game coming against Philadelphia, a team that really hasn't played well through the first two games. The Jets have a chance to be 3-0. The Jets are certainly getting the Eagles at the right time. We'll talk about Monday night's big win over the Indianapolis Colts and preview Sunday's game against the Philadelphia Eagles with the radio play-by-play voice of the New York Jets, Bob Lashusen, right after this. Unflippable, unflappable, unleakable. The Gus Buster is the only umbrella that won't flip inside out, rip, tear, or leak. Capable of withstanding winds over 55 miles per hour. All of our umbrellas are constructed of the finest quality materials and backed by a limited lifetime guarantee. What are you waiting for? Visit GusBuster.com and get your Gus Buster today. Listening to the Asman and Butic podcast on ICTV.org and on iTunes. Welcome back to the Asman and Butic show. And joining us on the phone line is the radio play-by-play voice of the New York Jets, Bob Lashusen. Bob, how are you? Doing great. How are you guys? Bob, obviously the Jets 2-0 now. Huge Monday night win over the Colts. First impressions on the defense through the first two weeks? Um, I mean, as advertised, you know, they're good and they're deep. And at some point, either in two weeks or maybe, you know, worst case scenario, no more than four weeks, depending on what the league decides to do, they're going to add Sheldon Richardson, uh, who might be their best and most impactful overall defensive player to a group that right now looks, looks, you know, as if they check every box. So, um, they get pressure on the quarterback without having to blitz, which is a very new thing for them. And now they've got opportunistic defensive backs that when they know the ball is coming out quick, um, you know, they're, they're there to, to get their fair share of interception opportunities. And they've got 10 takeaways through two weeks, which is an amazing total. So, um, you know, their defense right now looks like the kind of defense that, just about every single week this season ought to give them a puncher's chance to win their games. And, Bob, you mentioned the defensive backs. Darrell Reeves coming back to this team you know, in the, after re-signing with them in the offseason. It kind of feels like he gives this team an identity that they just haven't had the past couple of years. Yeah, I mean, he eliminates half the field or can. Um, you know, I remember talking to Mike Pettin, um, head coach of the Browns now, but when he was the defensive coordinator for the Jets, and he said that when Reeves is really at his best, he almost gives you a 12th defender because what teams will normally do is they'll take their best corner and put their best corner on the other team's number two receiver and shut the two receiver down and then take their second best corner sometimes, put them on the number one receiver and put a safety over the top, kind of double the number one guy, figuring their best guy can eliminate the number two receiver. What Revis gives you a chance to do is, without any safety help over the top, put him on the number one guy, eliminate the number one guy just with one player, Revis, and now you have maybe a safety to put over the top of the number two receiver. Maybe you don't even need that. So when they play man coverage, it's almost at times like you've got an extra safety out there to play with and move around where you want because you don't even have to worry about the best receiver because Revis is just that good. So um, there's a trickle-down effect through your whole defense having him out there. Bob, do you think Darrell has taken more of a leadership role 
with the team in his second go-around as a New York Jet? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't seem like this group really lacks for leaders. You know, they have some pretty vocal guys and a lot of veteran leadership on the defense. Um, but he's always been a lead-by-example player. I mean, he's not a rah-rah, fire guys up, you know, pregame speech, you know, rally guys in the locker room type of player. That's, that's never really been him. But what you always hear um, players, certainly coaches say, is they watch him practice and they watch him prepare. And he practices every single snap at full game speed as hard and as, you know, with total concentration as any player that they've ever seen at any position practice-wise. And I think it's just that kind of, you know, leading by example that really sets a tone for younger players especially. The Jets do have some younger corners that they have high hopes for down the road, and it can only help those guys watching him work every day and how he goes about his business. Kind of the same thing that, you know, same impact when when the Jets had Curtis Martin. You know, you'd hear over and over again from younger players. He's not a big pregame speech, rally guys in the locker room guy. He's just an amazing guy to watch go to work every day. And we're talking with ESPN Jets radio voice Bob Lashusen. Bob, I know it's only through two games, but what have you been your initial impressions on the job Coach Bowles has done so far? Well, I mean, he's he's focused this team, I think, um, in an impressive way. Uh, you know, it, Rex Ryan was, I thought, an underrated head coach in many ways because, you know, he did have guys that would run through a wall for him, and he did have guys that, that really wanted to play well for him. Um, sometimes I think his kind of, you know, press conference antics and, you know, some of the, the caricature type stuff got overplayed and, and how good of a coach he, he was, certainly from an X's and O's standpoint, defensively was underplayed. But there were some, at times, disturbing factors uh, with the Jets. A lot of penalties, a lot of pre-snap penalties, um, plenty of times where they were calling timeouts with too few or too many guys on the field. And almost all of that has been eliminated with, with Todd. That you know, I think he just brings a very no-nonsense, you guys want to commit penalties in practice, shut up and run type approach. And I think this group needed a little bit of that. I think they needed a little bit of that Parcells coaching tree, which Todd Bowles is, um, where you know, it really is just a no-nonsense, no-frills type deal. And it's you know, very even keel. Um, as much as right now the Jets, in many people's eyes, being 2-0 and is a surprise, him creating this air that this is right where we expected to be and play into that. Bob, switching over to the other side of the ball, the offense, Ryan Fitzpatrick through two games obviously has the Jets at 2-0. and Is this his team now going forward? And as long as they win, it is. You know, that's been made plain by Todd Bowles, that, that you know, he's not changing quarterbacks if, um, if this team is playing well and right now they're 2-0. And why would you? I mean, you know, as much as I have, and I think many people have seen at least flashes in Geno Smith, that, he, you know, if he, if he gets it together, he can play in this league. You know, he's the most turnover-prone quarterback in the league the last two years combined. Why would you automatically just seed the team back to him if they're two and oh, three and one, you know, to whatever week he comes back. I mean, right now, even if he misses the first four games and comes back saying week five or six, 
they have their bye after the trip to London in two weeks. They're guaranteed to be no worse than two and two. So if they're playing well and Ryan Fitzpatrick's playing well, I, you know, it's really what Todd Bowles said even back when Geno got hurt, that now it's going to be like every other position, how the team is playing is going to determine who plays, and that counts for quarterback too. And, Bob, so much uh, about this team was talked about how we knew the defense was going to be very good, but they needed to get a type, a game manager type of quarterback under center. Through the first two games, Ryan Fitzpatrick seems to be really comfortable in this offense. So how much of that do you attribute to the receivers around him and, of course, his familiarity in Chan Gailey's offense? Well, I mean, he's got Brandon Marshall now, and that's a game-changing type player. I mean, he just is. He's, he's the best receiver they've had since Don Maynard. So as a result, when you have a guy that you can, pardon me, when you can just throw it up there and let him go get it even if he's not open, you know, I mean, that's that's a different type of weapon than they've had. Now, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick at times against the Colts this past week fell in love with that a little too often through an interception when he tried to force one in to Brandon Marshall. Um, I think there are times where he needs to spread it around a little bit more rather than exclusively looking at Brandon Marshall. Um, you know, and, and I think Ryan Fitzpatrick would tell you if he went back and looked at the game tape, and keep in mind, <clears throat> the Jets were plus four in the turnover ratio this past week. They were, you know, five takeaways to one giveaway. And yet with 10 or 12 minutes to go in the game, they had to put a touchdown drive together to make it 17-7 to really salt the game away. So when your defense takes the ball away five times and you have pitched a shutout for the first three quarters plus, the score can't be 10-7. And the score's got to be 24 to 3. And so he needs to play better. As an offense, they need to play better. And they were not very effective for a good portion of the game on Monday night. That gets glossed over with the fact that they win. I mean, it's one of those things where everything gets blown out of proportion when you win and when you lose to the positive and the negative. And I think right now, the fact that they're 2 and 0, Ryan Fitzpatrick's play is kind of being blown out of proportion to the positive. They had plenty of drives this past Monday where they were just flat-out bad offensively. But their defense was so good and took the ball away five times that they eventually won going away. And then after that game, only anybody talks about it to the defense, and rightfully so. I mean, they were, they were tremendous. But, you know, the, this offense, I think, has a ways to go before it gets to the point where you start talking about them as a playoff contender because you can't expect the defense every single week to pitch a shutout through three quarters and take the ball away five times. That's just not going to happen. Bob, one of those guys, big pieces on offense, Eric Decker, hurt his knee in the second half of the game on Monday night. What's the status for him against Philadelphia on Sunday? Not sure. I mean, he might literally be a game-time decision. It's a sprained knee. So he said yesterday that he's hopeful he won't miss any time, but that it's possible he could be down for a game. So, you know, I think it's one of those things where, you know, Antonio Cromartie a week ago, we thought his season might be over, and he showed up and started on Monday. So, you know, these guys sometimes as professional athletes heal at a, a rapid rate compared to the way most people would heal from these things. Um, so I, I could see him testing it before the game on Sunday and maybe an hour before the game making the determination as to whether or not he can go. So we'll see how much practice he gets in this week. They're back to work today. Uh, for the first time, you know, on the practice field since Monday night. Um, you know, he's got three days of practice and then before the game on Sunday to figure it out. But uh, but I think if he misses a game, that'll be it. 
I mean, if he doesn't play this Sunday, I think it'll be precautionary, and I think he'll be a lock to play in two weeks against Miami and London. Now, Bob, it's only two games, but after everything that happened in training camp with Sheldon Richardson and, of course, with Geno Smith and the jaw incident, you know, how big of a win was it for this franchise? Well, I mean, I think it's just the first two weeks in totality, and really since Geno Smith had his you know, confrontation and altercation with IKN and Polly, that was about the end of any of the, you know, kind of what has been known, certainly under Rex Ryan, was known for six years as the quote-unquote jet circus. Um, you know, I mean, it's been quiet. Really, they've just been a hardworking, non-headline-grabbing, methodically moving through their practices, moving through the preseason, and now 2-0 and football team. So, the, you know, Geno Smith's uh, locker room incident with Ann Polly happened two days before their first preseason game. So that's six weeks ago. I mean, it's been a long time since the Jets have made any headlines that have anything to do with off the field. And over the past six years, I don't think there were too many times where they went six weeks without making some off the field headlines. So that's probably a reflection on Todd Bowles um, as well. You know, that it's just, it's a very business-like atmosphere there. And, you know, they're, they're really not that surprised that they're 2-0. and but I think they thought they knew they had a really good defense. And their defense has played like it through the first two weeks. And I think they knew that they had an offense that, given, up, given the opportunity to win games, the defense play well, their offense would be able to do the job. And, you know, they came close to not doing it on Monday night. But, you know, I, th- I think they feel that they're right where they ought to be going into the game against Philadelphia. Bob, obviously when Geno Smith gets back, you said the Jets haven't had any distractions over the last six weeks. Do you see any possible cause for a distraction once Geno gets back? Not if they keep winning. I mean, if they're, you know, if, if, if Geno gets back, say, in two weeks or three weeks, they play Philly at home, they're Miami in London, and then the bye. So it probably would be just about a full four weeks from now would be the first time that Geno Smith would be eligible to get back out on the field and be active. Um, I mean, if they split these next two games even, they'll be three and one going into their bye week. There won't be one call from anyone, anywhere, for him to return as the starter if these guys are three and one through their first four games. And if Ryan Fitzpatrick at least continues to manage the offense as ineffective as they were at times moving the ball on Monday night, he's not making those big mistakes. He's had one turnover in each of the first two games. So if he can average about that, if this offense only gives the ball away about once a game, um, then I would think as good as their defense is, they're going to be in almost every game, and they'll probably win enough to be playing games in December to go to the playoffs. And in that type of an atmosphere, I don't don't see how anyone's calling for Geno to get the job back. So, you know, if Ryan Fitzpatrick goes out and throws three or four picks this Sunday against Philadelphia – and they lose their next two games, and he turns it over four or five times, then you'll have you know some questions being asked during their bye week. But if he just does his job and manages the offense, I mean they're they're going to be a competitive team, and they're probably going to win their fair share of games. So, you know, I just I don't I don't see how that scenario would happen unless he really starts to play poorly. Bob, great call of the game on Monday, and we can't thank you enough for a couple minutes of your time. Yeah, thanks, Bob. No problem, guys. You got it. Thank you for listening to the Asman and Budic podcast. Make sure you go on to iTunes and subscribe to the show.